Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. My name is Steve Statler of Williot. That's a bit of a change. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, I want to introduce... Martin Etherington is a special guest, A, because he's an old friend, and B, he's working at a really interesting company, Jasper, where he is the chief marketing officer. So, Martin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. A pleasure to see you after all these years, about yeah. uh, 15 or so years since we've last seen each other. Pretty pleasure. amazing. Yeah, a lot of water under the bridge. And it's funny, we both ended up in this IoT space. You know, one of my clients uh, of uh, Statler Consulting was Williot, and they were doing some Really cool stuff around passive Bluetooth, um, basically Bluetooth sensors and tags without batteries. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but it was so exciting. I've joined the company. And so starting next time we do a show, there'll be a Williot logo in the background. But uh, we don't compete. We compete with like 1% of the marketplace. So part of the deal when I joined was these were going to continue. I can talk to people like you, which I really enjoy doing. There's a huge ecosystem uh, and so uh, this is, um, you know, a proper job. Uh, and also I get to talk to fun people. So what more could you ask? Thanks so much for taking time out. Uh, Jasper's a very interesting company. Maybe can you give us kind of the elevator pitch on what you guys do? Yeah, so we're now called Cisco Jasper because we're now part of um, the, the, the overall uh, Cisco family. But in, in essence, you think about um, Jasper and what we do. Um, we do IoT connectivity management. So what does that really mean? Um, Anything with a, a SIM chip in it connected to a cellular network that requires provisioning, um, security, um, rules, split billing, monetization. Really, we are, the, we are the part that sits in the middle of a thing, which is, in our case, um, uh, a SIM connected to a cellular network. And then before it gets to an application or any degree of an analysis, we're in the middle there. We actually manage that whole uh, security aspect, the connectivity uh, aspect, and then through our APIs, we're able to hook into things like Watson, um, SAP, um, Azure, etc., and they can then use that data to then determine what they want to do with with IoT, the the connected things. So that really is uh, what we do, and um, been a very successful asset. How long has the company been going for? Uh, probably about ten or so years. So um, it's sort of it's sort of evolved during that time. It was um, originally set up as Jasper Wireless, and um, the CEO uh, Jahangir Mohammed um, is really the, probably the last five to seven years saw IoT taking taking place and really designed the product to sit very very squarely in, into that being uh, the lead brand within um, within that space. And so the things that you manage, you talked about they, they need to have a SIM card. That's kind of the, 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 so you're not managing Bluetooth beacons that don't have SIMs. You're managing kind of the uh, embedded, 
basically uh, like a cell phone in a in a uh, some kind of metered device. Um, so charging stations, stuff like that. Oh, ch- certainly charging stations, um, anything remote. Um, the reason why it's cellular, cellular is number one, um, unlike other um, um, uh, sort of data connection uh, aspects, you'll find that just SIM and cellular SIMs just really just sift the data versus gold pit. Um, it's low management. Um, and also now with the advent of low powered, you're getting that low powered aspect. Um, so that's really why the, the cellular was, was, was there. Also, the low cost, the, the prevalent nature of it, it's millions, hundreds of millions of things sitting out there. Um, and that's really our biggest opportunity is, uh, yeah, we've got some competitors, but there are a lot of unmanaged sims out there that if you manage it, you're going to stop them uh, sort of rogue roaming and up, uh, expenses, security vulnerabilities. So um, that's really why we're focused on that. Now, in the future, We'll be looking things at uh, LoRa, other low-powered um, um, uh, areas. But for now, it's cellular with moving towards um, low-powered in the not-too-distant future. And isn't like 5G is basically taking cellular and making it more IoT-friendly, is it not? Yeah, I think that's probably a good way of, a good way of uh, um, expressing that. So, yeah, with 5G and then also with these different um, SigFox and all these different... Uh, uh, variants of um, low-powered uh, connectivity, they're all vying for, it's not too dissimilar to when uh, you and I first started in Unix, yep. um, and uh, with Unix International and OSF, and all vying for that de facto and the standard. The same for the uh, protocols and mediums right now. So that's why our declared view right now is cellular first, and then really see where all the other standards start to um, uh, move towards and then use cases, and then the applicability to our platform, then we'll make the bets in the future on where those uh, mediums will go to. Give us a sense of the customers you have out there. Can you kind of give us some um, indicative numbers and some examples? Yeah, so first of all, I've got to be very clear that um, our customers, um, in fact, all of our business, 100% of our business comes through network operators. So great partner in the United States, AT&T. Um, they're our number one exclusive partner in the United States. And then outside of that, um, we have another 49 major operators, all the, um, the who's who of network operators. So ours is a, a revenue share model that we work with an operator. They get the, the end user customer, and then we get, we get a, a share of that revenue, number one. However, we also have an enterprise-focused sales team, too, because... We've also learned that um, we're one of um, many other partners within the uh, network operating ecosystem. So we want to make sure we're out talking to enterprises and drive them back to the network operators to add value to their selling motion. So like, would um, the car companies be an example of a customer? Yes. Um, car, car companies, um, we have 20, 20 uh, the world's leading OEM uh, car companies, uh, GM, great reference on our website. If, um, um, Take a look at it um, on jasper.com, um, GM uh, case study. But you name it, Jaguar, Ford, GM, um, and that um, American company we can't talk about begins with T right. and is the, the electric car factory. Um, yeah. Then that's one of our customers too. Fantastic. So what, what, what's the kind of functionality that you would add to a – so is it like OnStar? Are you part of OnStar? Or yeah, it- absolutely, part of OnStar. So um, – Basically, any, I mean, if you think about a car, it's basically a sim on wheels. 
And um, anything with wheels, spaces like um, um, smart cities, um, smart buildings, fleet management, they're all good. Anything that needs um, a truck roll, they're all good case studies for um, IoT, particularly in our space. And what we do, of course, is just really manage all of those um, devices. So, for instance, cars, as you talked about OnStar, um, that's really all down on our platform. So we can actually connect people via OnStar. We've also got, um, for the um, car OEMs, we allow them to do split bidding, which is important for them. So if they've got some uh, Spotify account or um, a Sirius account or some insurance company wants to aggregate the data, we can do that split bidding. So not only managing those devices, making sure that the bidding plans for them, the rate plans are certain, we've got some automated rules to make sure there's no rogue um, data downloads, and of course the security aspect, and then on top of that from a, um, an OEM perspective, allow them to do split bidding so they can monetize that connectivity with, uh, with the vehicle. So what are some more of the things that become um, an issue that needs to be managed when you're dealing with cellular. You talked about one there, which was managing kind of rogue downloads. So presumably, you know, that bandwidth is a really scarce commodity and you don't want to be wasting it on, on stuff that's irrelevant. What, what other functions do you offer that make people decide to use your platform rather than building it themselves? Well, I think there's a number of things. There's, um, you could put some rules again, so you can have a set of rules. If you've got hundreds of thousands of devices out there needing to be managed, you can put rules against certain things. So if it certainly, so it doesn't, it, it trips something, uh, an event, you can come back and alert you. Um, so that's uh, just one basic uh, example. Um, there was a whether it's folklore or not. Again, I can't guarantee the credibility of this this story, but it sounds really good. There was a traffic light with a sim cranking up um, international roaming um, charges against it. So if you had rules to prevent that, you can catch those sort of anomalies very, very quickly. Um, that's, that's one. Uh, security is obviously paramount, and people are scared right now of IoT, and everyone fears that their cat bowl is going to be the um, security breach for the rest of the house. Um, so we want to make sure that you've got some degree of security built into that, and um, there's going to be a lot more from Cisco Jasper um, in the weeks and months to come around that, particularly as we start to build in the Cisco uh, technology into our products. And uh, so it just really goes down to those parts. So provisioning, managing, um, rules, security, and then also from a, a monetization perspective, the ability for a company to monetize IoT. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. And what are you seeing in terms of sensors? So there's one thing being able to talk and send some data backwards and forwards, but what, and we talk about the Internet of Things and the fact that we're going to have sensors everywhere, but what are you actually seeing in terms of the sensors that are actually being used and, and how that's creating value? Because you, see, you do hear about some pretty harebrained examples that obviously someone just thought of in the bath and no one's actually doing it. What, what are you seeing people actually do? 
Yeah, I think that there's a term we call, which is real IoT. And I think that if you speak to anyone at IoT, we go to any IoT seminar, and you're going to get the self-professor guru, the, the, the analyst saying there's going to be gazillion, million, what, put in your favorite big number, put in your favorite um, analyst, and put in your favorite year, we get that. It's going to be a huge volume of connected stuff. And then you get the, the quirky connected toothbrush, um, connected cat bowl. They're all, they're all sort of fascinating, charming sort of stories. But uh, right now we, um, we manage over, I believe it's now 50 million uh, things out there on our platform um, and across all different industries. So we call this real IoT because people are managing their businesses right now and making revenue from being connected to sensors, robotic arms, uh, vending machines, cars, you name it, um, today. And I think that's really the, the thing that we're trying to get the conversation away from is IoT in a future sense tends to IoT now and real IoT and applied use cases to, um, to IoT case studies and examples. That's why if you go to our website, um, we, do, we, we spend a lot of time, effort and money on trying to ensure that people can understand um, the nuances behind uh, IoT imp implementations. And I think uh, just one final piece on that is many of the people we talk to are a little fearful about IoT. They're thinking, well, they have to invest millions of dollars and uh, potentially security breaches. So we recommend, we work with our uh, network operators to on something we call uh, the IoT starter kit. And basically, it's a couple of SIMs attached to um, our control center IoT connectivity management platform, some, um, um, some modems, some LTE modems. You can get out of the box, and it's typically less than $100, and you get up, out of the box and up and running within 20 to 30 minutes. That way, you can start to really play in the labs of how you can really think about how to apply IoT in support of your business strategy, and not just think about IoT as things, I think where people fall down, what we've learned from the successful lead players in the space is they use IoT to support their business strategies, not the other way around about connected things. So that's really what we're calling real IoT. It's about the real business value and outcomes driven today by IoT on our platforms with our partners to make sure that we uh, improve our customers' business. I think that's really points well made. Uh, the, the vending machine thing that you referenced was really interesting. And I think this maybe underpins your point further. Um, so I spent a bunch of time looking at vending machines because I just thought they were interesting. And there's so many things you can do if they're connected. I mean, there's millions of vending machines. Most of them aren't connected. And you put a modem in there and you can suddenly start to accept uh, uh, card payments and so forth. So that's kind of the basic thing. But once you're doing that, then you can start measuring what's, um, what's the state of your inventory. And rather than having someone drive a van visiting vending machines that don't need to be serviced, you just service the ones that do need to be serviced and you send people with the, with the, um, uh, with the materials that are required rather than just a huge box of stuff that isn't actually being sold. So there's so much that you can do, but the thing that really struck me was how few companies are doing that because the benefits are compelling. Payments, optimized delivery of stuff, but actually the issues were not the technology. It was all about the business and how do I, how do I automate and organize my 
fleet of trucks so that they can use that. So are you seeing a lot of that? Are you saying, okay, the technology exists, I can do it theoretically, but um, um, I can't get my head around how to change my business? Yes, I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's a lot to unpack, but um, the short answer is yes. Um, the next answer to that is um, go to the Cisco Jasper website and type in Cantaloupe. Uh, they're the uh, manuf- uh, vendor manufacturing for um, vending machines, yeah. um, and they are a great case study. Uh, you go on there, there's a great video. It's about three or four minutes long, peppered with, um, with basically everything you said about preventing truck rolls, administration, inventory management, what's selling best, what's not selling, and then also reduction of um, operating costs and improvement of customer experience. So do go on to uh, jasper.com and type in cantaloupe, C-A-N-T-E-L-O-U-P-E, and um, you'll find a great case study there. So I think that's, um, to your point, that's a good example, an illustration of that, number one. Number two is, um, yeah, I think people are fearful. I think as you get the more senior um, elements within companies, they're hearing IoT, very much like we've heard CRM, big data, they, they, people start to freeze. My encouragement is, and I spoke to um, a, um, I won't say where it was, it's actually in North America. Basically, they manage all of the um, um, coffee stations, all of the um, um, sort of accoutrements that go into industrial companies around North America. And I said to them, order about a dozen IoT starter kits, that's going to cost you less than $1,000. Put out a competition to your uh, heads of engineering and say, come up with the most innovative way to help us track, manage, and control our assets out in the field. And that's how you can start. And I think it's really just down to the creativity of people and unleashing the innovation within the companies to really look at... um, how you can adopt IoT. And I think it goes back to my earlier point is the most successful IoT programs are the one that supports the business overall strategic objectives. So it should support it, not the other way around. Trying to find an application for IoT is looking at how you can actually enhance either making more money, saving money, or improving customer experience. And then with your objectives, how does IoT help you as a business person solve those problems? So good advice. Um, Last question, Airy. I don't know whether it's going to be the last question, but tell us a bit more about the connections that you're establishing. I'd love to hear a bit about, so what's happening as a result of the Cisco acquisition? What what are the changes that you're seeing? So what's the connectivity there? And then I'll come back and I've got one last connectivity question to ask you. Yeah, I think we'll start off with Cisco Jasper. Why are we called Cisco Jasper? I think um, when uh, we're doing due diligence, all of our uh, big network operators, um, um, they were extremely pleased. Then there was a caveat. We're out delighted. We've got longevity. Cisco is a fantastic brand. Um, but we're concerned that we, you're going to get lost. Um, we're going to concerned that your customer centricity is going to move away. So that's why we were very purposeful. We, in fact, spoke to the people at Meraki um, and uh, got some very good coaching insight there. Uh, over time, it will devolve into Cisco, absolutely. Uh, but right now, Cisco Jasper is, is that name. And so post-acquisition um, is one of the most smooth, and I'm just saying this, um, this is one of the most smoothest acquisitions I've ever been part of. Um, and the other thing that we're seeing is we're getting the benefit of the billions of dollars that goes into 
Cisco R&D. So our next, uh, without giving away too much, our next um, uh, premium applications, over-the-top over applications, will be around security, um, Cisco umbrella security, um, and then start to look at analytics and, and so on and so forth. That's really where we're seeing that um, aspect. So the brand is being fantastic for us, and then also the R&D technology, where we've got to really focus on is really unleashing the rest of um, Cisco to try and actually um, augment ourselves with our network operators. Very good. And, and what about other integrations? I think you mentioned SAP. So why would you integrate with something like SAP? Because you think about it, we're really basically uh, managing those SIMs and managing those connections. And um, we don't do the real deep and wide analytics or whatever people want to do. So really, we've got to, um, a big focus of our um, strategy was to realize what we're good at and then also make sure we don't compete with the likes of um, uh, AWS and, um, and uh, Watson, etc. So we have a set of APIs that hook into those platforms. We've done a lot of work with Salesforce, with SAP, with Microsoft, with Amazon, purely to make sure that we've got those connectivity and we can take advantage of their ecosystems and uh, that's really the, uh, the strategy behind that. Very good. So any, any question I should have asked you? you think we I'm up? sure there are, but I'm not going to actually share that with you because you don't know <laughs> you are. <laughs> All right. Very good. Martin Etherington of Cisco Jasper, it's been a real pleasure talking to you after 15 years. Congratulations on uh, uh, being part of such a fascinating company, doing really well. Appreciate it. Good. Thanks, Steve. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. So what you must have thought about, so we both watched Desert Island Disc. This is like a first, and most people have no idea. So what, what, would, what would be your three, I can't say Desert Island Disc because they'll probably sue me, but what are the three songs that you would take to Mars? Yeah, so I thought about this on my walk with my dog this morning, yeah. and it's just such a hard ask. So I did Stream of Consciousness. It would be number one, um, uh, The Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve, number one. Number two, Get Lucky by Daft Punk. Number three, uh, Lark Ascending by uh, Vaughan Williams. All right. And what was the logic behind those choices? Knowing you, I'm sure there was some... Oh, yeah. So, Bittersweet Harmony, just, it's just, I think it's the perfection of pop music. That's number one. Number two, Daft Punk. I love Nile Rodgers and his guitar playing. So, my thought was, hurling towards uh, Mars, it gives me enough time to practice a guitar, learn a guitar, and be like Nile Rodgers. And then the third one, it would be when I'm looking out the window and missing um, missing planet Earth because I think nothing speaks of an English-British summer than uh, Lark Ascending. So that's, they're the three reasons why those three songs or tunes came, came to mind. Well thought through. I would expect nothing less of you. <laughs>